So, what does it really mean to be opposite? Does everything have to have an opposite? And can things have more than one opposite? And are opposites absolute? Or can they just be in the eye of the beholder? This time on the StoryCast, tales of one particular extreme. The opposite of peas. One line from Ibn Khaldun's short story, Lost and Found, from our first episode really stood out to me. It was a nine-year-old boy who referred to something positive as being, quote, the opposite of peas. And, you know, it's kind of a loaded concept. It's funny, thought-provoking, and existential all at the same time. So our first story in this episode aims to discover just that. What is the opposite of peas? So I thought, what better place to start our investigation than my twin five-year-old nephews? Check on two. Hello, my, ma- my name's Kai. Hello, my name's Landon. I asked them if they like food, and I get the obvious answer. Yes. Yes. What kind of food do you like? Pancakes. Marshmallows. And peanut butter and jelly and all the usual suspects. What are some foods that you don't like? Potatoes. Because they're musty. I don't like Indian sauce. Do you like peas? Yeah. 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 No. We moved on from there to opposites. Hot. Cold. Up. Down. And then I dropped the bombshell. What's the opposite of peas? Long, awkward pause. I think I broke the matrix. Eventually, the first one makes something up. Pedo. Then the other little guy's eyes light up like he just figured it all out. He grabs the mic and says, Potatoes. And he's the one who likes potatoes, but doesn't like peas. So maybe that's the simple answer. If you don't like peas, the opposite is what you do like. And then the post-game analysis. Is that, a, is that a hard question to answer? Yeah. Yes. And then we wrapped up with a perfect five-year-old response, right as my one-year-old grabs my guitar, of course. Why do you think that was a hard question to answer? Because poopy in the facey. Which, not ironically, makes about as much sense as the question in the first place. So, touche, boys. So to a five-year-old, the answer is subjective, and maybe it is for us all. We like peas, then the opposite is something we don't like. Maybe we love peas, so the opposite is poopy in the facey. But let's dig deeper. Is there something that is honestly and actually and always the opposite of peas? According to the world's healthiest foods at whfoods.org, peas are a lot of things. They're an exotic food in nutrient composition. They're sweet and starchy. They're a legume that contains a polyphenol that helps lower the risk of stomach and gastric cancer. They provide us with key antioxidants and inflammatory benefits and tons of nutrients that do everything from lower our risk of type 2 diabetes to boost our immune system. Peas are amazing growers too. They're a nitrogen fixing crop, which means that they take nitrogen from the air and convert it into tons of gases that we need. That also means that they don't need fertilizer. Additionally, they have a really shallow root system, which helps prevent soil erosion. And if that's not enough, if you rotate pea crops in with other crops, it lowers the risk of pest problems. Peas are nutritious to the nines and very environmentally friendly. Low fat, high fiber, high protein, and tons of omega-3s. Forget peanut butter and red meat, One cup of peas has 15% of your protein, 30% of your vitamin B1, and 40% of your vitamin K. So we'll stop there. Go bore your 
family with those amazingly fun facts during dinner tonight. The takeaway, peas are amazing. So the literal opposite of peas must be something that is not amazing at all. So what is the opposite of peas then? It must be something absolutely terrible. No omega-3s, terrible for the environment, and something we'd never want to put into our bodies. Something that just shouldn't be on God's green earth. Something that just shouldn't be here. Something horrible. On a macro level, maybe there are a lot of things that are the opposite of peas. Maybe it's torture, genocide, war, being burned alive. Or maybe the opposite of peas is the current Syrian refugee crisis. And if you don't understand what's going on over there right now, here are the cliff notes from thehindu.com. Europe is struggling to manage its worst refugee emergency since World War II. More than a half a million people have crossed to Europe by sea and land so far this year. Many of those making the arduous journey are fleeing the civil war in Syria, which is now in its fifth year. EU nations agreed on a plan to relocate just 120,000 of these refugees across the Union. 66,000 of them in Greece and Italy, after making dangerous voyages across the Mediterranean, had to be relocated suddenly. 54,000 were relocated from Hungary after trekking across the Balkans, but Hungary opposed the plan. These refugees fleeing the worst things imaginable are now trying to find a new home across Europe and the rest of the world. Germany, Spain, Netherlands, Belgium, Austria, Czech Republic, Bulgaria, and into the U.S. And why now, just suddenly, in the middle of the fifth year of the Syrian civil war? Well, the war is not getting any better, causing those in Syria to leave, and those in exile in Turkey to give up hope of returning home. And though Turkey has taken in about two million refugees so far, it's not a place to settle as Syrians don't have the right to work there illegally. Also, UN bodies working with the refugees in Jordan, Turkey, and Lebanon and Eastern Europe are running out of money, making camp conditions harsher. Also, people have finally saved up enough money to pay smugglers. Every individual might spend about $3,000 just to get to Germany. And there's now a known route through the Balkans. Syrians had never been using it before, but it just started being used this last summer. Finally, EU countries spent all year debating and procrastinating about solutions and finally started making ways for the refugees to escape. All told, throughout the crisis, millions will be relocating throughout the globe. From no safety, no home, no food, no water, no job, no world for your kids to live and grow and become successful, irregardless, civil war is definitely the opposite of peas. But switching gears to a micro level, maybe the opposite of peas is just something that's unhealthy for us, like bacon. I mean, bacon raises our cholesterol, clogs our arteries, and makes us fat, right? But it sure does taste good. The great Danish author Hans Christian Andersen is most well known for his beloved fairy tales such as The Emperor's New Clothes, The Little Mermaid, Nightingale, The Ugly Duckling. His stories have inspired ballets, animated, live-action films, plays. But he also wrote a little-known short story about five peas in a pod. 
They were each very much opposites. Here's John Herschelt's translation of Hans Christian Andersen's Tale of Perspective. Five peas from a pod. There were five peas in one pod. The peas were green, and their pod was green. And so they believed that the whole world was green. And that was absolutely right. The pod grew and the peas grew. They adjusted themselves to their surroundings, sitting straight in a row. The sun shone outside and warmed the pod. The rain made it clear and clean. It was nice and cozy inside, bright in the daytime and dark at night, just as it should be. And the peas became larger and more and more thoughtful as they sat there, for surely there was something they must do. Shall I always remain sitting here? said one. If only I don't become hard from sitting so long. It seems to me there must be something outside. I have a feeling about it. And the weeks went by. The peas became yellow, and the pod became yellow. The whole world's becoming yellow, they said, and that they had a right to say. Then they felt a jerk at the pod. It was torn off, came into human hands, and then was put into the pocket of a jacket, along with other full pods. Now it will soon be opened up, they said. And they waited for that. Now, I'd like to know which of us will get the farthest, said the smallest pea. Yes, now we'll soon find that out. Let happen what may, said the biggest pea. Crack, the pod burst open, and all five peas rolled out into the bright sunshine. They were lying in a child's hand. A little boy held them and said that they were suitable peas for his pea shooter. And immediately, one was put in and shot out. Now I'm flying out into the wide world. Catch me if you can. And then it was gone. I'm going to fly right into the sun, said the second. That's a perfect pod and very well suited to me. Away it went. We'll go to sleep wherever we come to, said two of the others, but we'll roll on anyway. And they rolled about on the ground before being put into the shooter, but they went into it all the same. We'll go the farthest. Let happen what may, said the last one, as it was shot into the air, and it flew against the old board under the garret window, right into a crack, where there was moss and soft soil, and the moss closed around the pea. There it lay hidden but not forgotten by our Lord. Let happen what may, it said. Inside the little garret lived a poor woman who went out by the day to polish stoves. Yes, even chop up wood and do other hard work. For she had strength and she was industrious, but still she remained poor. And at home in the little room lay her half-grown only daughter who was so very frail and thin. For a whole year the girl had been bedridden and it seemed as if she could neither Neither, 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 neither live nor die. She will go to her little sister, the woman said. I had the two children, and it was hard for me to care for both. But then our Lord divided with me and took the one home to himself. I want to keep the one I have left, but probably he doesn't want them to be separated. And she will go up to her little sister. But the sick girl stayed. She lay patient and quiet the day long while her mother went out to earn money. It was springtime and early one morning, just as the mother was about to go to work, the sun shone beautifully through the little window across the floor. 
The sick girl looked over at the lowest window pane. What is that green thing that's peeping in the window? It's moving in the wind. And the mother went over to the window and opened it a little. Why, she said. There's a little pea that has sprouted out here with green leaves. How did it ever get here in the crack? You now have a little garden to look at. And the sick girl's bed was moved closer to the window, where she could see the growing pea vine, and the mother went to her work. Mother, I think I'm going to get well, said the little girl in the evening. The sun shone today so warmly in on me. The little pea is prospering so well, and I will also prosper and get up and out into the sunshine. Oh, I hope so, said the mother, but she didn't believe it would happen. Yet she was careful to strengthen with a little stick the green plant that had given her daughter such happy thoughts about life so that it wouldn't be broken by the wind. She tied a piece of string to the windowsill and to the upper part of the frame so that the vine could have something to wind around as it shot up. And this it did. You could see every day that it was growing. Look, it has a blossom, said the woman one morning. And now she not only had hope, but also the belief that the sick little girl would get well. She recalled that lately the child had talked more cheerfully and that the last few mornings she had risen up in bed by herself and had sat there and looked at sparkling eyes at the little pea garden with its one single plant. The following week, the sick child for the first time sat up for over an hour. Joyous, she sat there in the warm sunshine. The window was opened, and outside stood a fully blown pink pea blossom. The little girl bent her head down and gently kissed the delicate leaves. This was just like a festival day. Our Lord himself planted the pea and made it thrive to bring hope and joy to you, my blessed child, and to me too, said the happy mother and smiled at the flower as if to a good angel from God. But now the other peas, well, that one that flew out into the world crying, catch me if you can, fell into the gutter of the roof and landed in a pigeon's crop where a lie like Jonah and the whale. The two lazy ones got just that far, for they were also eaten by pigeons, and that's being of real use. But the fourth pea, who wanted to shoot up to the sun, fell into a gutter and lay for days and weeks in the dirty water, where it swelled up amazingly. I'm becoming so beautifully fat, said the pea. I'm going to burst, and I don't think any pea can or ever did go further than that. I am the most remarkable of the five peas from the pod. And the gutter agreed with it. But at the garret window stood the young girl, with sparkling eyes and the rosy hue of health on her cheeks. And she folded her delicate hands over the pea blossom and thanked our Lord for it. I will still stand up for my pea, said the gutter. As we conclude with our final leg of the show today, I have to admit a little bias. I hate peas. I hate them with passion. One of my least favorite anythings. So to me, the opposite of peas is something that I really love. And I love George Carlin. And he did a pretty sweet segment on peas back in the mid-70s. So in conclusion, George Carlin's take on peas. And as a quick disclaimer, this segment does have some swearing because it's 
well, George Carlin. I want to tell you how much I love peas. I know I don't want to say I, I love peas. You know, you just say I love, you say I love this. You know, but I really love baseball. You know, hey, <laughs> you like baseball. I fucking love peas, man. I mean, I really care for peas a great deal, man. Peas. All I am saying is give peas a chance. I love goddamn peas. You know how much I love peas? I love them so much that sometimes I have only peas for an entire goddamn meal. What are you having for supper, Daddy? Peas. That's it? That's it. Three cans of goddamn peas. That's how you know you're grown up. When you insist on three cans of peas and nobody gives you any shit. Say, I must be an adult now. Goddamn peas, I like them peas a whole lot. Just love them, man. I love asking for them. They're fun to ask for. Peas, please. No other food like that. I like most kinds of peas. I like the frozen ones, too. I'm not prejudiced. A lot of people don't like frozen peas. A lot of people are down on frozen peas. Some people hate frozen peas. You hear the shit in the aisle. You hear it going through the frozen food aisle. You hear the people gather around. Look at them fucking frozen peas, man. I hate that guy. That shit down. Look at that shit. Well, I don't even involve myself in that. I wheel right past. Down at the Stouffer's section, I park in the Stouffer's section and then wander back. Pick up a little of the gossip on the peas. They don't like those frozen peas. People are very mad at frozen peas, and I feel the reason is because they have a lot of little dents in them. They are awfully dented. If you look at those frozen peas, lots and lots of little dents. They're all sucked in, folks. They look like they're holding their breath, you know, but... But think of it. Think how cold they are. Those little those suckers are cold, Jim. They're freezing their asses off, those peas. You'd be sucked in, too, if you were like them frozen. You gotta give them credit. Look, they may be sucked in and be full of dents, but God bless them, they stayed bright green, didn't they? How about that, huh? Through the whole freezing ordeal, they retained their bright green color. Not like those quitter peas in the cans. Not like those peas that gave up. Canned peas, they look a little used, don't they? I feel sorry for them, too. I don't know what they've been through. God knows what they do to them in that canning process. Must be something done to their little pea minds would make them change color like that, all of them. Must be unspeakable, whatever it is. They probably show them pea atrocity films. Yes, I, I like, well, you know what I like about the canned peas have something else going for them. The label is so full of information on canned peas. First of all, it says green peas. That's, well, that's just in case you're about to fuck up and bring home red ones by mistake. <laughs> Which ones we have last time, honey? The green ones? Well, let's get them again. They were rather good. Also on that can, it says early June peas. Hey, I'll bet you they're sticking some late May peas in the can. You know what I mean? Get out of here. I don't even know if early June is a good time for peas. Peas might suck in early June. I'm from the city. They wouldn't tell me, man. Sell them that June shit. He'll eat that. 
I'm probably looking for mid-November peas, and I don't even know. Something else on the label that catches my eye, it says, fancy peas. Well, I already do, or I wouldn't be in the pea section, you know. But it says, fancy peas. And then sometimes it says, extra fancy. Well, I can't resist that. I bring them home. Goddamn, open them up, they're just plain green. You know, I mean, if they might have had little Donald Ducks on them or something like that. Now, that would be a fancy pea. I'll tell you what I really love the most about peas is... You get so goddamn many of them, man. God, you get a lot of peas. I bet you get more peas than almost anything else you could order. Except for rice, you do get a little more rice than peas. It is smaller, you know. Corn is about the same as peas, I guess. But goddamn, you get lots of peas. I'll bet you you get 106 to 118 peas in, in an order of peas in a good place. You get enough peas that you can throw six or seven of them at people. <laughs> and still have plenty to eat. You can't do that with a potato, you know. You throw one potato and you blew a 30-year meal, man, right there. Also, they know who did it, the guy with no potato, hey. Yeah, and you, do you know the way I proved that theory to myself? It's easy, because we have pea shooters, but we don't have potato shooters, man. This has been the StoryCast from Real Public Media. We'll see you here next time with more eclectic stories wrapped in an intriguing theme.